0: December 7th. In heaven, we've always considered this to be a slight exaggeration. All the afternoon, Joachim thought about Kaspar, the black king who had been waiting in Denmark for Elisabeth, the angel Ephiria, and Joshua the shepherd to come across Øresund. How did he know that they were coming? Did Ephiriel and the king of Nubia have an old agreement to meet precisely there in the year of 1699? There was nothing to suggest that their meeting was accidental, after all. Then he's one of us, the angel said, as soon as he saw Caspar. It had all begun with a little lamp. Perhaps Elizabeth hadn't been meant to follow it, but the angel in the woods must have been known that the lamp would be coming that way. All of a sudden, Joachim thought about the bookseller. He had said that the advent calendar looked homemade, and Joachim agreed. It looked as if it had been cut out and glued at home in the kitchen. If John had made the magic advent calendar, he had probably named the girl in the story after Elisabeth in the photograph. But why had he done that? Why had he made the advent calendar and left it in a bookshop without knowing what would become of it? On the evening when Joachim was going to bed, he tried to push all the open doors shut so that he could look at the large picture. Before he put out the light, he glanced at the Advent calendar once more and thought how strange it must be to be in Bethlehem exactly at the time when Jesus was born. Elizabeth was on her way there, and in a way he was able to come along. When he woke up in the morning, he opened the seventh door, and saw a picture of a sheep eating grass in front of some high walls. The fourth sheep. The angel Efiriel and King Caspar had rode Elizabeth, Joshua the shepherd, and the three sheep over the great belt. We are going ashore again, said Efiriel. This island is called Finn, and it's exactly 1599 years since Jesus was born in Bethlehem. From the sea they ran towards a large castle on a mound between ramparts and moats. That's Niborg Castle, the angel told them. We are standing in front of the oldest royal fortress in Scandinavia. Elisabeth pointed up at the ramparts. There's the sheep. The angel nodded. Then it's one of us. With that, they all leaped up onto the ramparts. The three sheep first, Joshua and King Kaspar after them. Elisabeth and Ephiria last. A soldier rushed out from between the buildings of the castle. He raised a spear and shouted, Sheep thieves! The next moment, three or four soldiers came storming up. All of them had spears, and one of them had a kind of gun as well. The angel of stepped forward. The soldiers threw themselves down on the ground and hid their heads in their hands. Fear not, said the angel in a gentle voice. For I bring you tidings of great joy. This sheep will come with us to the holy land, where the Christ child is to be born. Only one of the soldiers dared to look up. He was the one who had called them cheap thieves. Be merciful unto us, take the sheep with you, he cried. The sheep had already joined the others, as if it belonged to the little flock. Joshua struck his crock against the rampart and said to Bethlehem, to Bethlehem. Off they went across the Green Island for the sheep first, Joshua, Caspar, Ephiriel, and Elisabeth following them. On the bank of a small river they passed a town with narrow streets and one-story dwellings. On the outskirts stood an ancient stone church with a square tower. That's the great cathedral of Odense, said Ephiriel. It's named after St. Canute, who was killed here in the years 1086. Elizabeth pointed at Ephirah's arm. The gold and mother of pearl was glittering. What time is it on your angel watch? It's 1537 years after Christ. From now on, the Bible will be printed in all the languages of the world, so everyone can read about Jesus. For in these days, the art of printing will be invented. Before this, books have been to be written by hand and only the priests were able to read the Bible. But not many people have learned to read. Now it is decided that all the nation must go to school. Some years before this time, Kaspar said, a Polish astronomer called Copernicus, appeared. He insisted that the Earth was round as a ball and moves in orbit round the sun. This wasn't news to wise men, but to most people it was a strange and exciting idea sailors could now travel around the world and that's how christopher columbus reached america in the year of 1492 then the spanish sailors attacked the indians in the opinion of kings of orient it would have been better if they had kept to the ships of the desert for there is no more peaceful animal than a camel in the desert and peace is the message of christmas Elizabeth understood about half of what the wise men said when Joshua struck the ground with the crock. To Bethlehem, to Bethlehem! They went on their way along a ridge that gave them a good view of a fin. Now and then they looked down on a horse drawing a plow or an ox harnessed to a cart. It's not so flat, you said Elizabeth, as she ran, but we are still in Denmark, aren't we? The angel nodded. Yes, indeed and the Danes are very proud of ridges like this. But we are no more than 100 meters above sea level. They have called the hillsides. We can see down there on the left the Flynn Alps. Another ridge is called Himmel, heavenly mountain. In heaven we always considered this to be a slight exaggeration. The procession had paused and Kasper joined in the conversation again it's important to be happy with what you have. However, little it is, it's infinitely more than nothing. Elizabeth stood still and thought seriously before she said, if the world was as smooth as a ball, there wouldn't be a single mountain on the whole earth. But then even a rocky slope would be just as exciting as the highest mountain in Norway, as long as it was the only rocky slope. So you see, said Caspar, nodding. Elisabeth didn't quite understand what he meant. So you see how easily clever ideas travel, continued the wise man. You've been with a wise man for only a short time, but you've already understood a tiny part of the heavenly wisdom. Bravo! Elisabeth was glad she had said something clever. She felt so encouraged that she tried again. And if the world was... As small as the moon, nobody would complain that it hadn't been made a little bit larger. Kaspar put his hand on her head. How true that is. Even if the world had been no larger than a pea, it would have been just as big as mystery. For where would the little pea have come from? That too would have been to be created by God. And it's no easier to create a pea than to create a whole solar system. Elizabeth saw the last statement a slight exaggeration, for if the world hadn't been any larger than a pea, it wouldn't have had room even for Adam and Eve. It was as if the wise man was afraid she was going to protest. He quickly continued. Even if there had been only one star in the sky, that one star would have aroused just as much wonder as all the other stars together. After all, nobody goes around complaining because there's only one moon. On the contrary, if there had been a hundred moons, they would only have gotten in each other's way. So the creation of billions of stars in the sky was a luxurious exaggeration. Whenever there's too much of anything, you can stare at it without appreciating it. That's how it's possible to be out under a starry sky and fail to see a single star because of a shower of soothing stars. It was quite true, thought Elizabeth. She had often looked at the sky full of stars without noticing any particular one. Caspar continued, In the opinion of the kings of the Orient, God spoiled humans as little because he created far too much at the same time. He created so many strange things to look at that many people don't see God. But that's how he managed to hide himself too. He wouldn't have been able to do that if only four people, three trees, two sheep, and eight camels existed in the whole creation. If only one fish would be found in the sea, people would probably have noticed how perfect it was. And then they might have started asking who made it. For while he stood there looking around him... Elizabeth thought he was waiting for someone to clap. To be on the safe side, she clapped. Then the others clapped as well. There, there, said Kasselor. That wasn't so much to clap for. Then he seemed to change his mind. Also, it was infinitely more than nothing. The procession of pilgrims ran down toward a little town beside a narrow strip of water. This sound is called the Little Belt, and the name of the little town is Middelfart said Ephiriel. The time is 1504 after Christ. Before Elizabeth was able to ask how they are going to cross the sound, Joshua was on his way towards a boat that lay moored in a little pier. In the boat sat a young man drawing up a finish line, and he saw the angel Ephiriel. He dropped the line into the sea and threw himself down with his head on the deck. Be not afraid, said Iphiriel. We are pilgrims on our way to the Holy Land, where Jesus is to be born. Can you row us over the little belt? Amen, replied the ferryman. Amen, amen. The angel knew his answer meant yes. The four sheep and the rest of the pilgrims climbed on board the boat. As the ferryman rowed across the sound, he stared and stared at the angel Ephiriel, was probably the first time he had seen a proper angel. He didn't so much as glance at the black king Caspar. If the angel had not been with them, Elizabeth thought the ferryman would most certainly have had more than enough to do, staring at King Caspar, since it was also probably the first time he had seen a black man. Only if the king had not been with them either, would he perhaps look at her. She thought it was a little unfair that the world should be like that. When they reached the other side and the sheep began jumping out of the boat, they said thank you and goodbye to the ferryman. For the ferryman, he only repeated what he said many, many times already. Amen. Amen. Joachim had finished reading when Mama came into the room. He crumbled up the thin paper quickly, but Mama saw that he was hiding something. What are you holding in your hand? Nothing, he said. Only air. May I see it then? But Joachim held the crumbled paper so hard that his knuckles went white. It's a Christmas present, he said. The words Christmas present might have been magic. At any rate, they made Mama smile. For me? Joachim nodded. Then I won't look, said Mamma. but it must be a very tiny Christmas present. It's infinitely bigger than nothing, said Joachim. Achim thought it was strange that everything that had to do with Christmas was so special. It was one of the most secret things in the whole world. But Mama was wrong about one thing. What he was holding in his hand wasn't such a tiny Christmas present.